When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our story in a moment, but first, I want to talk about our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for all of your support. Your support through these years have kept us coming back, and we could not afford to do this without you. Thanks to each and every one of you. Also, if you would like to become a Patreon member, head on over to patreon.com slash ohiomysteries. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Ohio Mysteries, and consider becoming a supporter for as little as a dollar. Another great way to help us is to share our podcast with your friends and family. Leave a fantastic review, and that's all we ask. So let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new Ohio mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akron Beacon Journal. Hi, everybody. Recently, we asked fans on our social media sites to vote on their favorite mystery genres and learned that, aside from the very popular true crime topics, most folks wanted stories about legends and myths connected to places, I realize now I've often reserved that sort of story for the fall, but there's no reason to wait for Halloween for a good ghost story, especially when there is real history to back it up. So tonight, let's take a trip to the Cuyahoga Valley National Park between Akron and Cleveland. With more than 2.2 million visitors a year, it might surprise you to learn it's one of the most visited national parks in the entire country. And tucked inside the park is a valley, part of Boston Township known as the Old Hamlet of Everett. Let me tell you how Everett came to be, because it's a great little lesson on Ohio history. Everett was a stop along the Ohio and Erie Canal. The canal was built 200 years ago to connect Lake Erie on the state's northern border to the Ohio River in the south. You see, the state was a forested wilderness with few roads, so a smooth, straight waterway made it so much easier to transport goods and passengers. Think of the canal as the I-77 of its day. 
The challenge was getting through Summit County, named Summit because it was the highest elevation along the canal. You see, Akron is on the Continental Divide, so half the water flows north, half the water flows south. To get through this confusing topography, the canal builders had to include a series of locks, man-made enclosures that would lift the canal boats up and down so they could continue their journey. If we think of the canal as an expressway, then the lock would be an interstate ramp. And just as with modern highways, when business has reason to pause or stop because of a ramp, or in this case, because of a lock, communities grow up around them. Everett was born at lock number 27. Their lock even came to have a nickname. In 1830, a flood had stranded a canal boat there, and the crew survived on Johnny Cakes, corn pancakes, until they could move again. After that, number 27 was widely referred to as Johnny Cake Lock. And heck, lots of locals even started calling Everett Johnny Cake. Well, by any name, the community grew. The infrastructure in the area needed to expand to accommodate it. In 1856, Everett Road was built and land was cleared for a new schoolhouse. And that's when construction crews uncovered a secret that dated to the time of Christ. When workers were clearing the land, not far from the northern banks of a creek called Furnace Run, they discovered a burial mound with a tomb that contained the remains and belongings of Native Americans. So, we already know various Indian tribes called this valley home, but this was not 18th or 19th century indigenous activity. It was prehistoric. Researchers have determined the burial mound belonged to the Hopewell culture, which goes back as much as 2,000 years. When this burial mound was found more than 150 years ago, there was some appreciation for what it was. Workers found the treasure about six feet below the surface. They removed some pottery shards and other exotic artifacts and Inside what was clearly a man-made limestone crypt, they found ashes, charcoal, and fragments of bone. I found an 1875 reference to these things having been forwarded to an archaeological society, but I have no idea if they are still preserved somewhere. But in the end, a burial mound in the middle of 19th century progress was an annoyance. And very quickly, the men continued with their destructive work. It would take more than a century for anthropologists to return to the site and try to remove and preserve what still lay hidden there. Today, ghost hunters frequently explore Everett Road near Furnace Run. They have reported seeing floating orbs, unexplained fog, and disembodied voices. 
I found a mention online that one Cleveland area couple conducting investigations say they captured the audio of someone saying, help me, and danger. Others have reported that when they visit the area at night, they leave with a general uneasy feeling. Are these paranormal incidents connected to the disturbed gravesite? Could be, but it's not the only option, because there was another notable death here, and one more likely to be calling out, help me. It happened on Everett Road near a tomato-red covered bridge, the only covered bridge in all of Summit County. The original bridge was built in the 19th century when such wooden spans allowed horse-drawn wagons to cross rivers and streams. Today, you might still catch a horse near the bridge. It's not far from the National Park's Bridal Trail. But the bridge was built a little too late for one man. Actually, it may have been built because of what happened to this man. It was a Thursday afternoon in early February of 1877, and Mr. and Mrs. John H. Gilson were on their way back to their Boston Township home. They had been visiting friends that blustery winter day and were traveling in a horse-drawn sleigh. The Summit County Beacon described the 65-year-old Gilson as a respectable farmer and an influential citizen. Now, the couple always crossed Furnace Run at a usually shallow section near their home. But after they had been out for a bit, a storm had swelled the creek. The place where they usually crossed was icy and treacherous, and more than their horse and sleigh could handle. So they traveled a bit further down the creek, looking for a way to get home and they found a place that Farmer Gilson thought was shallow enough for the sleigh to navigate. It appeared he left the sleigh and was attempting to guide the horse down the bank and through the water, but the horse lost its footing on the icy ground. The sleigh was upset, dumping Mrs. Gilson into the frozen creek, and the horse dragged Mr. Gilson into deeper water. A young man heard their screams and was able to rescue Mrs. Gilson, who was still close to the shore. But Farmer Gilson was lost. The current of the creek carried him away before anyone could reach him. His body was recovered three days later, on Sunday, February the 11th, about two miles downstream. A news report noted he had $1,000 in his pocket when his remains were found. It was never explained why he was carrying a veritable fortune at the time. There is circumstantial evidence that the Everett Road covered bridge was built across Furnace Run immediately after this tragedy. The bridge's construction date has been lost to history, but there are references to its early name being Centennial Bridge. And since the country's centennial was 1876, it would have been a good name for a bridge built uh, a year or so after that milestone. Researchers say it would not have been built much later than that 
because the popularity of wooden bridges waned in the 1880s when more durable iron bridges took their place. Now, the floodwaters that swept away Farmer Gilson would haunt this bridge time and again. The span was severely damaged during Ohio's infamous flood of 1913, which, by the way, remains the single most destructive natural disaster in the state's history. Then, in 1975, the bridge was destroyed completely when rushing water from a spring storm lifted it from its sandstone abutments and crashed it into the stream bed below. The end of the bridge seemed symbolic because at that very time, the crossroads of Everett was becoming a ghost town. That was the decade when the Army Corps of Engineers began acquiring land for a big new recreation area. Most of the residents moved away. Homes and business buildings were abandoned. After that covered bridge was destroyed in 75, the area rallied to rebuild it. School kids and other groups raised money, and though it took more than a decade, they got the job done. A crew of local citizens recruited by the National Park Service rebuilt the bridge by hand in 1986. The timbers were new, as the old stuff was entirely too rotted. So, if you're interested in visiting the bridge, the address is 2370 Everett Road. Use Peninsula on your GPS. It's a half mile west of Riverview Road in the park's Merriman Valley. You can easily make a day of it. Stop in at Zelay's Farmer's Market and pick up some goodies. You can stroll the boardwalk that lifts visitors above Beaver Marsh, where park officials had to give in to the four-legged dam builders who kept insisting on having a large swamp there. And you can continue to the quaint nearby village of Peninsula and take lunch on the patio at Fisher's Cafe while the Kaga Valley Scenic Railroad rumbles through. Whether or not you catch a glimpse of the Everett Road ghosts, you'll take home some nice memories. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news, clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, share our podcasts everywhere. We are currently trying to reach our goal of being the number one podcast on killerpodcasts.com, which we currently hold the second most listened podcast there. I know you can help us get there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.